Hello, my name is Austin. And my name is Mike. Welcome to the Rough Draft podcast, a podcast about story writing, storytelling. This week, Mike is sharing with us a story. He told me this is a story about sharks and minnows. People talk about the joy of endless summer, but I'd rather drown in a cold pool than lay out under the hot sun. Hell is an endless summer. Hot black pavement burns bare feet as they run from the car across the concrete through the open gate by the kiddie pool. Kids who are ready to swim don't care about shoes. We make our way down the side of the pool, running its length, hoping we can find an empty lounge chair by the deep end to toss our things, towels and shirts and goggles for later. There is always a round of sharks and minnows about to begin. Never mind that sharks and minnows don't have a natural predator-prey relationship. Sharks are ocean fish and live in salt water. Minnows are river fish and live in fresh or brackish water. But big things always find little things to chase. I lined up with the other kids along the right side of the deep end. I'm eight years old and I'm afraid of the deep end. I want to be a minnow forever. It's hard to be a shark. I can't tread water well. I don't have the endurance or the cunning to be a predator. One of the older kids, Sarah, is standing on the diving board, addressing us like a head of state, explaining the rules, preparing to be the first shark. It's a formality, but we are hungry for the ritual. If a shark should pull you back, or grab you, or even touch your skin, you become one of the sharks. Only the strongest, bravest, fastest minnow will survive till the end. I will be the first shark. Let's go. With her feet still firmly on the diving board, she dropped her weight and wiggled up and down on the board three times, gave a short bounce into the air, then a full bounce up and out towards the middle of the pool, completing a front flip into the water. We went wild with cheering. Sarah surfaced, wiped her face clear of hair and water, then waved her arms underwater, spinning around to face the lifeguard. She said, ready, and turned back again to face us as a lifeguard blew a long blast on her whistle the sign for the game to begin. Most of the kids went right away. I was standing on the end closest to the diving board and that made me nervous. I didn't want to jump and smack my head against the board. I was also nervous about getting tagged. It's easy in this first round because there is only one shark, but Sarah was very swift. Most of the others were about halfway across the pool before I was ready to jump. I moved to the left a little bit in order to clear the diving board and I surveyed the water looking for the shark. She had taken off away from the diving board at first. I tried to think like a lucky footballer, trying to trick the goalie into jumping opposite my penalty kick. If I jumped and cleared the board and then swam to the right corner of the deep end, I could easily get across without being tagged. I ran up to the edge and nearly jumped, but the front edges of my feet, that area before my toes, felt somehow heavy and weighted to the pool's rounded edge. I almost just fell forward, but I waved my arms in such a way as to keep my balance. I stumbled back three steps from the edge. When I looked up, all of the other kids were looking over at me, or turning to look at me from inside the water. Sarah had tagged three others, so the four of them were treading and spreading themselves out across the width of the deep end, 
making a kind of wall to catch me. The kids on the other side began cheer-teasing me. They had seen the timidity of my near jump and the impossibility of my escape, just as I did. It made them thirsty for a kill. I was scared. I didn't see a way to make it across untagged, and I couldn't imagine being a shark and lasting more than one round in the deep end. I was paralyzed on top of the wall. The shark started slowly moving towards me. I looked down at my feet, back along the very edge of the wall. My focus shifted to the bottom of the pool. My idea was to sink all the way down to the bottom and then just glide across the floor untouched. I looked back up, made eye contact with Sarah, pressed my nose closed with my left hand and stuck my right arm stiffly against my side, straight as I could. I squeezed my eyes closed tight and jumped. I dropped to the bottom. My eyes had no protection from the chlorine, but I opened them anyway. I needed to see to survive. Blurry is better than blind. Above my head, through the blue, I saw a wild mass of body parts fluidly shifting in every direction. I saw the sharks getting closer, moving in. I saw my escape, 25 feet in front of me, and I started moving forward. The water pushed against me and held me back, but I was determined. My ears were ringing, but then they stopped, and I couldn't hear anything. There was pressure on all sides. I lowered myself down. Every few strokes, I could feel my palms or my knees or my stomach or my heels brushing against the rough concrete floor. I kept going. As I got close to the far wall, I closed my eyes and pulled my head back, making my ascent. I wanted to touch the top of the wall as I surfaced. I reached up towards the light. The other kids had formed a semicircle around the place near the edge where I was about to come up. I think they were preparing to welcome me once I made it out. Then, as I was about to pull my head out of the water, I got pushed back down. Sarah had reached me before I had reached the wall. I had been tagged a shark. I had lost and I was out of breath. I took a breath underneath the surface and water filled my mouth. I reached up and grabbed Sarah's arm with both hands. I squeezed and pulled down, trying to leverage her strength to lift myself. I moved up a little bit, but I also pulled her under. Our heads hit and our bodies split apart. My eyes were wide open and the sting of the chlorine was painful. My empty lungs hurt more than I could have imagined. I kicked my legs, trying to propel myself up and out. I did surface, and I spit everything out. I grabbed for the wall and pulled myself close to it, but not out of the water just yet. I was still trying to gather and regulate my breathing. I had both arms out of the water and crossed them, tucking the edge of the pool under, the, under and tight against my chest. My heart beating made me feel like the world was vibrating. A few of the other kids tried to pull at my arms to get me out of the pool and onto dry land, but I was too exhausted. I just wanted to rest. The lifeguard, still on her chair, blurted out two short staccato whistles as, at the other kids and motioned for everyone to move back and give me space. She asked if I was okay and I nodded. I climbed out of the water and walked, dripping, over to the chair where I had left my towel. I patted the wetness out of my hair. I did the same with my legs, then wrapped the towel around my back, arms, and chest. I sat, shivering, taking slow, deep breaths. My eyes were tired from the chlorine, but I was seeing more clearly now. I was glad to have survived. I had found a way to become a shark valiantly, and had found a way to get out of playing the game. I started to grow dizzy from the constant pattern of splashing, then stillness, then shouting of the sharks and minnows game. Each round, a new set of sharks each round a single victorious minnow. The minnow becomes the first shark of the next round. Repeat. I tossed the towel into a heap on the chair 
and walked all the way around and lowered myself into the shallow end. At first, the water was two feet deep and came up to my waist, but as I moved ahead, it got deeper. I stopped in the area where the water came up to my neck. I swirled around a little bit before gliding to where my sister and brother were playing with rings. My brother was sitting on the edge of the pool with just his feet dangling in the water. He would throw the rings to my sister and she would gather them. This was harmless. They let me join. It became a competition, but a different kind. This too was a game of endless rounds, a game that made us happy for each other and what we were collecting. This was where I needed to be, surrounded by water on all sides, emerged in danger, but with my feet firmly planted and my head above the surface. We stayed there playing through two adult swims, then mom called us together to leave. You have uh, a great ability to capture uh, childhood while also, like, capture childhood through an adult lens. Mm. The story, uh, it's not juvenile, and yet uh, from a standpoint, I can remember back to summers of going to the pool and different things like that, um, playing games such as Sharks and Minnows. Right. Uh, and you have a really good ability of, I don't know, expressing that in a way that is free of, I don't know, interpretation. I don't know. You, you kind of just offer this, this, this bare experience and you can kind of input your own thought into it. But it's your. It's still. It's. It's like. I mean. I don't, I don't know if the character is you or not. I'm, I'm assuming. I mean. A lot of our stories are autobiographical. Right. But just importing myself there, I can be like, oh yeah, I totally re relate and remember things like that. And playing like, sharks and minnows. Yeah. yeah playing sharks and minnows. Mm -hmm. Like the strategy of it, and like the 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 stress of like all the body parts, and like people like kicking, and you bump heads with somebody. Yeah. The the chaos, and like. Also, like the the dangerousness of that, like yeah. you know, and yet like the lifeguard doesn't care. And they're like, "Are you okay?" And yeah, you're like, "I'm fine." And like that's like yeah. totally that's like a community pool, though. Like it's this, yeah. And I love you said that line near the end too. That like totally like surrounded on four sides by danger, uh -huh. which is like true, like completely true. That you don't think about a pool being like a pit of danger, right? But that that's like a tragedy that we hear about, where yeah. it's like. Yeah. Oh, everyone was playing, and uh, we didn't. I, all of a sudden, it's like that kid was at the bottom of the pool. But yeah, I mean, but pools are, by and large, not dangerous. Like, you know, sure, you can't you can't live in, in right. fear. But like, but also, like that being said, but there's always the potential. You know, even in the beginning of the story, when you start off, like you you're like, oh man, like we're wait, we can't wait to get and play this game. But you say, I'm afraid of the deep end. There's this element of fear. From the beginning, yeah. Yeah, from the beginning. But yeah, also, exactly. like, that's why it's exciting. Like, yeah. that's where the big kids are playing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm eight in this story, uh, as it uh, was identified earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, I imagine, like, the average age of the kids playing is, like, ten. So, mm -hmm. you know, or probably probably eight, actually, average age. Sure. You know. Um, why, wasn't, why wasn't, like, your brother or sister playing? Yeah, and that's the other thing is just, uh, originally I had that my brother was playing, but then... It, I think for the scope of this story, it just got a little bit too complicated. Like, I, w I feel like if I were to have my older brother playing, for example, yeah. with me uh, in this story, I wouldn't, I think it would be too complicated to kind of explain what, what he did. That's after, a great, uh, that's, that's a know, great point, I think so. Not to, not to like erase him, but it, it's easier to tell the story. 
And I don't think necessarily you, you erased him. You didn't say he wasn't sure. playing. It wasn't until, like, you didn't bring him in until later you joined them for the game that they were playing. Maybe they played yeah. for a while. And, and but my sister wouldn't have been playing because she's, like, a calmer, more introverted person. Mm-hmm. So, like, playing in the shallow end with rings is her kind of game. So yeah. it makes sense for me to go but I think, and join her. I think that's a great point in writing or telling stories mm-hmm. is you you omit the details that aren't, like, the focus of the stories. Right. yeah. And you know, I think that if you like, talk about yeah. like you can you can you can get caught in you know and the pool was an L shape and like you know you right. can get into all those things, yeah. but it's like what what are you trying to convey in the story? Yeah, and I think that like on one hand, cutting a character because you don't know what to do with them is is lazy, but on the other hand, it's just it's it's just being economical with the focus of your story. Yeah, exactly. It's like if this was going to be you know, a, a story twice this long, I could have included another character who was in the deep end with me, who maybe, like, you know, tried to help me but not only get that, back on but there's, her, like, you know. There's a greater focus within the story yeah. because you have you and you have the girl that's, like, running the game. Yeah. Uh, what was her name? Sarah. Sarah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You have, she's, like, leading the game. So you kind of, there's a, there's a mass, there's a community there, yeah. but really it's, like, it's you and, like, she's, like, the leader of, like, right. the, this ragtag bunch of kids playing Sharks and Minnows. And, yeah, like, we're in awe of her because she's this, like, older kid, like, yeah. kind of commanding the, the game. Yeah, it's like and we're scared of her because she's the first, like, villain, like, the shark, you know. But that's totally part the of tough it. kid. Yeah, yeah, but you have, like, you know, even that sense of fear. I, I, I wrote down, like, afraid of the deep end, this aspect of fear mm-hmm. within that. And then um, even, like, sharks and minnows, you wrote, were, like, hungry for, like, the, yeah. and I like that, that aspect of it, mm-hmm. that it's, like, sharks and minnows, and you say, we're hungry for it. And, like, this, I don't know, this feeding frenzy kind of a thing, like sharks and... Um, it's, like, binary of predator prey. Yeah, but it's interesting because, like, you think of, like, sharks... And like they like a feeding frenzy is like when there's a bunch of sharks, and in the beginning of that, it's just one shark, and you're all minnows. Yeah. Um, I love that that beginning, mm. your like intro, that hell is an endless endless summer. I love that line. So that's actually this is I'm glad you brought that up because this is something I wanted to to talk about a little bit. Um, the story kind of started. I was I was driving and I thought of a line, mm-hmm. and I it had to do with hell being an endless summer because I actually don't really like summer that much. It's like hot and, uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of like pools or the beach or anything. Interesting. Um, so like summer is like my, is my least favorite season. Um, okay. And, and, but, but it's, you know, part of the year, whatever. Uh, <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, but I was driving the other day and I, and this line came to me that had something to do with summer and, uh, and endless summer being like, the worst thing or whatever. And it was like in my mind when I was driving and when I thought of it, I was like, oh, that's great. That's going to be a great first line of a story. And I was like, oh, I'm going to write about like the pool that we used to go to and it's going to be, and what ended up being this story. But I didn't write down that line. I was driving, so I don't blame myself, but I didn't write down that line that I thought of. I didn't make a voice memo or anything. Mm. Uh, And so by the time I was like stopped driving, I, I couldn't remember that line. And it was like, I was like in love with that line. I was like, oh, that's a, that's a great line. And so I guess like the reason that I'm glad you brought it up is because I wish that I had taken the time to write that down because that, that's the thing that I find a lot of times with writing is if, if I don't 
if I don't write down an idea that I have, mm. or a, specifically a line or a way of saying something yeah. the moment that I have it, it's really unlikely that I'll remember it when I go to, to sit down to write it. Even, even like an idea for a story sometimes, if I don't, if I, you know, like, let's just say I like wake up and I immediately in my mind is like something from my dream or an idea or, yeah. you know, something. If I don't write it down, I lose it quickly. And so... It is amazing how like something so that you're so inspired by can be like lost in a yeah. fleeting moment. Especially something that feels like such a strong idea. It's like, oh, I'll never forget that. And then it's like, yeah. you know, an hour later you go to like write it down and it's like, oh, what did I? What did oh, shoot. So sometimes I actually will, like if I have an idea and I'm out and about, not if I'm driving because uh, it's irresponsible, but let's just say I'm like walking down the street or something. Yeah. If I think of an idea, sometimes I'll, I'll pull my phone out and I'll record a voice memo and I'll just hold the phone up to my ear like I'm talking on it. Mm -hmm. And I'll just like start talking and like get every idea out. And uh, that has been really helpful for me in coming up with ideas or like tracking down my thoughts. It's good. It's having that recording. Then I can go back and listen and develop that idea. But at least then I think, you know, that's the raw idea. And yeah. so I, all this to say... When I sat down to write this story, I, I thought for so long about what that line could have been. And it, it's the kind of thing where, at this point, I'll never remember yeah. what it was, right. which is really sad. But also, um, I know it had something to do with hell being an endless summer. I just don't know what the next line, like the mm -hmm. next part of the, of I the mean, idea was. So I, I like that. And I think it... I think it um, what was the? It kind of gets. It, it kind of ties into the story. I, I think maybe I need to work that out a little bit more. But I think I like it because this idea of you say like, hell is an endless summer, and you're like, the, you and the story, you're excited and you're anticipating like you're running bare. What's the line you say like yeah, something? Black pavement burns bare feet as they run from the car across the concrete through the open gate by the kiddie pool. Yeah, that's like that's like a great because yeah. like the pool I went to, yeah, there was a gate by the kiddie pool. Like, yeah. it's like you know the regular people go through that gate kind of a thing. Um, no, but what was the one that you said something? Don't need shoes. Yeah, kids who are ready to swim don't care about shoes. Yeah, and so you have this like excited anticipation, but then you're like, hell, kids isn't don't it? are not wise. It's well, yeah, and it's like it's but it's also like this juxtaposition of because you say hell is an endless summer. Yeah, and I I really like it, and also like this. And it, yeah, and I think and that there's, there's something to that idea of hell being hot. That's like oh yeah, that's totally. why it works to tie those only, ideas together. Yeah, not only that that, and I think it ties in well with like the fear aspect of it. Yeah, like, and like the endless part is like Shark and Minnows is never a game that ends. Like. It might stop for the day, but the next day, those yeah. kids are going to remember who the shark was and if, they're, if they showed up. It is amazing how when children play games, yeah. they, like, what they remember. It's like even like having a child like, who is not even three yet, the things that he will remember. Yeah. And it's like, how do you remember that? Right. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was that. Like, you know, this, this aspect of, yeah, like, absolutely right. It is like, it's endless. I, I don't. I don't know how I feel about the ending. So um, for me, I, I did. I wanted to ask. Um, I I liked like parts of that ending. Like I said, like the part where I said, you know, I'm surrounded on surrounded on all sides by danger, mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Um, but like you leaving the game of sharks and minnows, going up, drying off, and then joining your brother and your sister. Um, 
I feel like that part could be built up a little bit more. I don't. I don't know exactly. Yeah, how. that's the part that I want to build up more. It's like, and maybe it like, doesn't really. I don't. I don't think you don't need to talk about the specifics of the game that they were playing. That with the rings. Yeah. Yeah, I I brought that in because that's like what they would have been playing. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And so and I and I wanted them to be playing something. And so. I think it'd be like more innocent and interesting if like, like if I think back to like kids in a pool, like they were seeing who could hold their breath longer or I, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, yeah, but there's a dangerous element to that. It's like, but I mean, that's like the point, you know, surrounded on all sides by danger. Right. But I think like the I point guess of the point, game that yeah. they're playing is that it's like harmless and Mm. And they wouldn't have tried, like, the way that they were playing, they True. wouldn't have wanted to try something. Marco Polo? So maybe, like, Classic. yeah, Marco Polo, yeah, or, like, oh, hand, doing a handstand or something, you know. Um, but I think, like, rings make sense. That's not really the issue I have. It's just that, like, where does this story go? Like, there's so much, like, tension in me trying to get across playing this game of Sharks and Minnows. Mm. And, I, and I really like the, I mean, it's very... Poetic in the sense that like feels like it belongs in a poem that all of that like the rep the repeated uh, like consonants of hot black pavement burns bare feet yes. as they run and from the car across the concrete through the open gate by the kiddie pool just all of those like hard consonants yeah and and I love that sentence but it is a great sentence it, that style of writing kind of falls off as the story goes on and I think that that's one thing maybe that, like, you should bookend it cap it with that yeah or if I if I just like work in that kind of like it's not exactly alliteration it's more of like a mm. repeated sound than a repeated like right. letter yeah um, uh, it's like a repeated like style of sound but yes. um, if I were to repeat that kind of like sense throughout the story I think that would that would also strengthen the story I think mm-hmm well, uh, thanks for sharing your story with us, Mike. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. Uh, I hope that through this podcast, um, you're learning to tell your own stories, write your own stories. Um, keep on uh, reading, keep on listening, keep on writing. Write at least 500 words a day. Even if it sucks. You will get better. Better.